Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin. It is I, Jeff Dwoskin, host of Classic Conversations and your guide to this bonus episode of Crossing the Streams, where we answer the universal question, I just finished watching something, what should I watch next? You need to binge? We got the binge-worthy shows for you. This bonus episode is segments from our live show that we do every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join us on YouTube and chat along as we dish up an hour's worth of binge-watching show suggestions for you. There's over 95 hours awaiting you on YouTube. Or, lucky you, you can just sit here, and I'm going to send it right to your ears, a couple of those segments right now. This bonus episode comes from episode 72 and episode 82. Two segments, four shows. Nathan for you, How To with John Wilson, The Rehearsal, and Sharknado. Up first, Howard Rosner is going to take us through the world of Nathan Fielder. Take it away, Roz. This actually, this is uh, I didn't have the third image, uh, yeah. but this, there's three. It's uh, Nathan Fielder, who's uh, a gift to television, and uh, Howard is going to take us through this. Yeah. Right. So if you've been listening, watching, reading, Nathan Fielder has been super hot. Um, reviews, interviews, talking about him. He is. I just recently came to know who he is and see this, all this stuff. He's freaking brilliant. He is. He is brilliant. It's really three shows created stars in two of them. And the third one he executive produced brought to TV. So the first show is Nathan for you, which did four seasons on comedy central. It's streamable pretty much freaking everywhere right now. HBO max, I think Paramount plus Amazon prime video. It's a little bit everywhere. I will hold this up as one of the funniest scream yourself laugh out loud television shows I've ever seen in my life. It brings raucous laughter out of nowhere. So the gist of Nathan for you is he is going to local businesses and it's cringe comedy, right? It's, it's, it's shot real. It's, you know, candid kind of stuff mixed with definitely some mockumentary style to it. But the, the gist of it is he's going to these small businesses with an idea to help them solve a problem for them, which isn't really a problem for them. And from that, his main idea, uh, and he's using his business degrees that he has. That's why he's an expert in marketing and all these things. He tells them and the ideas that he has to solve the problem are ridiculous. But then what becomes even funnier is the steps he takes to help solve that problem with the concept he comes up with. And it is so funny. Like the one I, we were just watching eating dinner tonight. It's a chill, a restaurant known for their chili. That's right near a minor league hockey arena. And they, they want to get into the minor league hockey arena, but they say they have their own chili vendor and they can't get in. So he does some research and finds out, well, it doesn't say you can't bring in your, so he convinces the guy that runs the chili restaurant to let him help him build a chili suit. 
<laughs> that is a fully insulated chili suit at which he will be able to wear as like a fat suit under your clothes and dispense chili from the suit and sell it in the arena. So that's the main <laughs> gist. But then problems come up out of that. Well, of course. Okay, well, there is metal on the suit on the chest part. So I'm going to have to go through a metal detector to get into the arena. So the only way I could do that, I could attach an actual pacemaker to the outside of the suit. <laughs> but to have that work, I need to go to a doctor and get an x-ray that shows I have a pacemaker and an approval card, a medical approval card that I can then show to get in. And it is just his delivery is so deadpan and yeah. serious that it's just it's unbelievably funny there's another one where he uh goes into a <laughs> uh a sporting goods store uh. who's having trouble uh, a soccer store and part of the problem with their business is they're not as big as the other chains his idea is to help them grow business is that they should sign a professional athlete to endorse the soccer store, professional soccer player, but the store can't afford to hire a professional athlete. So what if they sign lifetime contracts with seven and eight-year-old soccer players <laughs> in the hopes that so one day funny. down the road, they'll become top-notch soccer players. Yeah. But then he's like, okay, well, how do we sell the store on it? So he goes to an artist, a sketch artist, who can do police aging techniques to see what the <laughs> kids would look like uh, down the road. It is so funny. And one kid wants to be an astronaut. So he brings in a professor, a guy dressed in an astronaut costume who convinces him that his whole family died on one of his missions. And being an astronaut's a horrible thing. If he could do it all over again, he would have been a soccer player. So, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it is crazy, crazy, crazy. And hysterical. Howard, and, is this the one where he made a fake Starbucks? No. That he's I'm sorry, he's done yes, that. yes, it, it is. He made a fake Starbucks. Oh, not only that, not only did he make a fake Starbucks, there's another one where he realizes his dad lets him know that the apparel company that the jacket that he or a uh, hoodie that he wears on almost every show is tied in to some anti Semitic Holocaust denier, which is a true, <laughs> true thing. He decides he's going to create his own apparel company. That is raises money for anti-Holocaust denial, and awesome. he's going to raise money, and then gets a rabbi to help him create a display for a, uh, an outdoor, like an REI, basically, in Canada, where he's from. The display that is created is so hysterically offensive, it's... It's unbelievable. But the apparel was great. And he ended up, he still sells the apparel and he's made a couple hundred thousand dollars selling the apparel that he's donated to Holocaust survivor funds. He's done a couple of things like that. There's a, a book that was a an exercise technique trying, it's a moving company that struggled to find labor to work for the moving company. So they he created uh, helping move boxes and furniture is a free, easy to understand exercise plan. And he convinces people to come <laughs> to a first trial appointment where they're just moving boxes for the 
tired movie. It, it's crazy. Four seasons, wow. and it's I'm mean, honest to God, it is one of the like we we sit there and watch this while we're eating and stuff. My wife and I, and we're laughing hysterically. How so is, this, is, is this the one where he, is, he convinces the uh, the liquor company figures out a way to sell alcohol to underage my underage yeah. kids? Yeah, and then and then puts it on layaway so they can come yes. back when they're twenty one. Yes. <laughs> my my favorite is where he he goes into a bar and convinces these people that he can he can uh, quadruple their business by having plays in this bar. But the play is just the customers at that moment. Yes, that he casts with actors. He gets pictures of them and the whole scene. You know what's yes. going on at that moment, and then they all have to leave. And then he goes and casts actors to come in and play these random people. Right, and then he charges people to come in and watch this shit. Yeah. It's just so bizarre. He's, he does that because the bar owner was losing a ton of money because they had yeah. outlawed smoking. He yeah. discovered that the only place that smoking was allowed in an indoor space was as part of a theatrical. Uh, like the theater. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so he, they could he, smoke. Yeah. <laughs> so he lets people smoke that are viewing the play, which yeah. the first night of the play is just them watching. And their comments <laughs> are like, it was pretty interesting. It was kind of a good slice of life. And so, and then he goes to a theater professor and shows it to her. She says, yes, it's a good portrayal. So he then, right, you're right. He has to hire actors. He, he ends up <laughs> Oh, having wow. the woman who owns the bar audition to be yeah. in it. And it, <laughs> he has to tell her, I, I'm sorry, we found somebody to play the role better. <laughs> it's just, that's just the kind of stuff he does. It's just uh, so, so that's the first show. That led to him bringing to HBO this show called How To with John Wilson. John Wilson's the guy who created the show who was a film student. It's very similarly themed. So How To with John Wilson was a show where John has, he wants to create and help people on a topic that affects him and things like that. So for example, one of his topics was memory. So he starts talking to people about memory and um, you know losing their memory and how to remember things. And he starts talking to a guy in a grocery store. It turns out the guy in the grocery store is uh, like, uh, and, and it just, each of these episodes spins out to further things similarly that end up being topics that he delves deep into that are crazy. For example, in the memory one, he ends up talking to this guy who's this merchandiser or buyer or executive for some company who is huge into research over the Mandela effect. You guys mm. know what the Mandela effect yeah, is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this guy is way down the road, like like QAnon version of Mandela effect research. <laughs> he ends up yes. going to the Mandela effect conference, which is in hotel, like a days in conference room <laughs> in like somewhere in Idaho. Sounds like a party. Yeah. And yeah. he ends up talking about this. So it's a great show and it's super funny. Again, John Wilson, this guy's delivery is very similar, playing it deadpan, taking all the things in and just a agreeing with these people and say, you know, acting interested. And it's, it's also very hysterical, very along the same lines. The new show though, may end up being the freaking funniest of the three on HBO. It's called the rehearsal. And this is again, created by starring Nathan Fielder. The gist of this show is he finds people who have some part of their life that they're struggling with or don't know about, and he is going to help them rehearse for the actual life activity. 
it is crazy funny, the budget they must have had for the show. So the first episode, he meets a guy who is on a trivia team at a bar. And some point in time, there's a woman that he really likes on his trivia team. Some point in time, early in knowing her, he had made it seem like he had a master's degree. And he didn't. But he, for years, he has gone along with it to the point where she's tried to help him get jobs and has told people that she knows that he has a master's degree and he's guilt stricken about this and he wants to solve the problem and find out the best way to do it. So Nathan is going to help him rehearse telling her that he doesn't have a master's degree in all and all the possible aspects of it. He built in a warehouse an exact replica every freaking detail of the bar the signs in the bar the tables in the same space and goes through with him they have statisticians tracking every possible scenario it's <laughs> so crazy. absurd the lengths what? they go to it is crazy what he's done to get this guy to do it they project every possible outcome they get to the actual deal and they're like oh no we have to do something this table he was sitting at which he thought was clearly his best option table to sit at is being occupied it's it's <laughs> unbelievable it the whole premise is insane the second episode which is apparently a two-parter. The second episode is this woman who wants to have a baby but doesn't know what whether she could deal with raising a child in the infant in the infant stage, in the toddler stage, as a younger child, as a teen, as a grown child. So his plan is to over like a couple week period or a week period of time have her go through the process of raising a child that is not hers, obviously, and switch it out and grow it every couple days so that she experiences every aspect of raising a child. Then, so they have to interview. They're like, okay, well, we have to have multiple childs, children, because we, you can't, you can only have by labor laws, you can only have a child under the age of 18 working so many hours. So they show them like she has the kid. They put the kid in the bed. One of the people on the crew has to crawl in the window and swap it out for another kid. <laughs> they have a robot kid for the hours in the middle of the night that cries what? automatically that they control from a control room. Then they're like, he's like, would you, you know, do you think you'd like to raise this with somebody? So they basically do a, like a Tinder date. She finds somebody. They have him. He comes over like, do, like, do you want to move in and try this out as her partner? Like the first night he's like, screw this. I'm leaving, man. <laughs> he brought his bong with him. It's. <laughs> it's oh, he's out. It's, yeah, he's, he's out. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. And again, it is those two shows. I mean, how to with John Wilson is a very funny show, but Nathan for you and the rehearsal are laugh out loud, pee yourself laughing, hysterical. They are that funny. Yeah, Yeah, I can't wait to watch that. I'm really excited to be introduced. Yeah, they're both great. That that rehearsal one, that sounds like that should be like, you know, a course in high school. (laughs) Like walk around with a child. Yeah. Yeah. See how you feel. That's really what it is. Life stuff. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's really, it's like taking the concept, you know, of kids, you know, raising a bag of flour as a kid during, you know, uh, for life skills class. 
<laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Taking it to the next level. But like the thought of having a full on dress rehearsal for some aspect of your life, like the house that they created, they cre- recreated her house that she lives in. And it's like unbelievable. Then they had wow. like when they had the father, the guy come in, like he had to call up each of the kids each of the kids parents and say would you be comfortable with this gentleman you know being <laughs> part of helping raise your kid it, yeah. it's unbelievable it's crazy it's, uh, it's hysterical wild. he kept the bar like in the second episode <laughs> he needed to think Whoa. about something because he was unsure so he went to the bar in the warehouse to have a drink and just ruminate it's uh it's great <laughs> it's it's hysterical All right, the world of Nathan Fielder. Thank you, Howard Rosner. That's three great shows for you to check out. Nathan, for you, how to how to with John Wilson and the rehearsal. But now, without further ado, I'm going to take us through the world of Sharknado, one of my favorite movies. Episode 184 of Classic Conversations is my interview with Thunder Levin, greenwriter of Sharknado 1, 2, 3, and 4. But here's me gushing over Sharknado. Enjoy. I'm excited because the the next movie that we're going to discuss is possibly one of the greatest movies in the world. And I will make my case and I will win. Sharknado. Sharknado. I love Sharknado. I love all the movies, but to give it its due, I'm going to very specifically just cover Sharknado today. I will, of course, talk about other things in the future. So. Sharknado, while you goff at me, Ron Lippett, once a joke movie, is the most successful movie film franchise of all time. This uh, franchise has made over $4.5 billion, beating Disney Pixar, okay? All right, according to filmsite.org. So this movie uh, is a, considered a science fiction comedy disaster film, though, the word, though it is considered a comedy it is not till Sharknado 2 through 6 that it became more comedy. This one is played actually more uh, realistically than the others and is why it actually is one of the greatest movies ever because Ian Ziering goes all in a thousand percent in believing who he is and what this movie is about. And that is why Sharknado is incredible. So real quick, Sharknado, by the way, and all the Sharknado movies are available on HBO Max streaming right now. But this is a sci-fi movie. This was a made-for-TV sci-fi movie. The first airing of Sharknado, okay, earned 1.37 million viewers, slightly lower than a normal sci-fi movie. However, what makes Sharknado stand out in the crowd of these type of movies and any movie in sci-fi history of which I challenge you to name one prior or since that is not Sharknado is that it became an absolute phenomenon on Twitter. Sharknado aired on Twitter or aired on the sci-fi channel and was averaging 5,000 tweets per minute. What really gave it its oomph is that celebrities got into it. They were so into it. People like Will Wheaton and who's uh, the one uh, with uh, Woody Allen? Uh, Mia Farrow. Every, I mean, there were so many like big names that did it that it became a social media phenomenon. Okay. It's literally what launched it into the stratosphere. And then they replayed it and it gained another, even more viewers, 1.89, and then aired it again 
and it had over 2 million viewers. So it just, they kept airing it. Now, one point of interest is that the Ian Ziering role was originally offered to Steven Gutenberg, who we love from the Police Academy movies. He said mm-hmm. no. He was so upset that he said no, realizing what this movie <laughs> became. Wow. That he took out on the La Vanchala franchise. All right. So the point is, sometimes you never know what's going to happen. All right. The other lesson uh, for Twitter and social media, Olivia Wilde and Corey Monteith. You may recognize the name Corey Monteith. He was from Glee and sadly also, like Marilyn Monroe, passed away from a drug overdose. So take your Twitter seriously, folks, because Corey Monteith's last tweets were, what the crap is a Sharknado? And oh, it's a shark tornado. And then he died. So, um, so kind of keep <laughs> that. Those are terrible last words. Exactly my point. So Sharknado is a movie of sharks and, uh, and tornadoes. And it's, it's really, you get the whole picture of the movie from it. A little more trivia. The people making the movie, uh, Tara Reid. Ian Ziering is incredible in this movie. John Hurd is in this movie. The legendary John Hurd. Those are the big names in Sharknado. Two, it started to pick up a lot of cameos. By the time six, every single person in the movie was a cameo. But uh, in this original movie, uh, it was more of the core cast. When they were filming the movie, it was called, I believe, Night Skies. And at some point, they broke it to the entire cast that they were starring in a movie called Sharknado, at which point almost the entire cast quit. But uh, John Hurd understood actually, of the entire cast, that this was going to be gold and that was the right decision. And eventually the entire cast was convinced to stay on board. And uh, it actually, like I mentioned, became one of the biggest franchises in the world. So this is written by Thunder Levin. It's directed by Anthony C. Ferrante. And it basically is just a story, you know, your everyday story. Uh, it starts with off the coast of Mexico, the movie, where there's some smugglers, and then all of a sudden there's a tornado in the middle of the sea, and they kill. Why they start with smugglers and some of this intrigue has nothing to do with the movie. It's just the they intro. had it coming. Just the intro of the movie. Anyway, but a cyclone's coming to L.A., and as the cyclone's coming to L.A., it's picking up sharks, and these sharks are becoming part of this cyclone or tornado or dare, dare I say sharknado and and, uh, and so what basically Finn who is Ian Zaring his name is Finn which coincidentally he's a hero obsessed fighter of sharks and his name just happens to be Finn that's and then uh, which is great and then uh, you have uh, Cassie Serbo is Nova and she plays a big part in the franchise and then they go, they got to save April, which is the estranged ex-wife, who's Tara Reed. And somehow when they go to her house, only her house really fills up with water and sharks. But they battle the sharks and they kill the sharks. And there's so many people that die from sharks. That's the beauty of Sharknado, is that so many people die from sharks. It's just wonderful. It's not like they hold back. Maybe one or two people die. John Hurd dies. You know, it's 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 just amazing. And then there's a million Jaws quotes that they rewrote. And then they kind of say, like, oh, we're going to need a bigger chopper, you know, when they're a chopper. And so like stuff like that. But it's uh, the beauty of this film, as as I uh, send it into your earwaves, is that it's played 100 percent 
as if this is like the most real thing ever. And no, no one in the movie winks like a Mel Brooks film where they know they're in a silly movie. They're in a real movie. And this is the worst thing that's going to happen to the world. And they have to save the world. And that's the beauty of it. Eventually, there's a bunch of, tor- a bunch of tornadoes. And they drop bombs into the tornadoes which to, to dissipate the Sharknado, which you may recognize because later Donald Trump actually thought that was an actual thing you could do, <laughs> is drop uh, bombs into tornadoes to, uh, <laughs> to get rid of them. <laughs> anyway, and then it ends with this amazing thing. So... Um, April gets eaten, not April, uh, the girlfriend or interest gets eaten by a shark. And then, then the shark eats Finn, who's uh, Ian Zaring, and then with his chainsaw, right chunk, and then like and cuts out and cuts himself out and saves Nova. And she's, she's completely safe. Nothing happened to her. She fell from the sky in a shark. And somehow <laughs> Ian Zaring went through the shark with a, a full on chainsaw and yet no one gets hurt and that's the beauty of sharknado that's really just the beauty of it and you walk away it's only like 90 minutes and you're like that was just beautiful that was like the best comedy science fiction disaster film i've ever seen ever and i'm gonna do a little spoiler the the carmen the chainsaw went (laughs) there was there was a request anyway yeah gilbert gottfried's in one jason taylor and uh, the time travel one is uh, uh, is is Sharknado six. The end. It's about time. <laughs> okay. Very clever names. Wow. And so I'll get into other movies in the future because I really love this. And um, Robbie Rist is in it. He plays and he dies in it as well. He plays a, a, a bus driver. Robbie Rist is anyone anyone cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. And so uh, he's in, and so anyway, yeah, it's. Um, it's just it's one of those things that was shot in 18 days and you can see every every minute of those 18 days in the movie. It's it's just really <laughs> wonderful. They spent about a million dollars to make this and I, it's just if you haven't seen it I, I I shed a tear for you and I look forward to you actually going and seeing it. I really do because you're going to love it. You're going to love it. I rewatched it recently. Uh, I rewatched the entire series. So, well, I just will say, hopefully, my microphone's working. That my uh, my daughter, my eldest daughter Maureen, and I this this has been a bonding movie for my family and me. I have spent hours and hours, and I think we've watched the first three Sharknados at least fifteen times, and we sit and just laugh nonstop. And I think our favorite thing about the show, Jeff, is the random deaths. Like the creativity that have gone into like people that have nothing to do with where the show is going and what the storyline is getting taken out by a shark in ever more random, ridiculous ways. Uh, like a like a guy in a boardroom and having a shark go through the window and, and eat him. <laughs> you know, like just like ridiculous things like that are freaking hysterical. Uh, these sharks have aim. That is so impeccable (laughs) that if they were stormtroopers, the whole Star Wars franchise would have ended in one movie. Like that's Mm -hmm. that they're as good at targeting people as stormtroopers are at missing people. It's like no one is safe from one of these sharks. Not one shark is ever. It's not like you see a scene in Sharknado where they're walking and there's like a bunch of sharks just on the ground. No, each one, each one killed someone. There isn't a wasted shark in this movie. (laughs) I have never watched a second 
Me neither. Of, of any of the Sharknado movies. But here's a question, and maybe you already addressed this, and maybe I missed it in, in your explanation. Sorry, I, I thought in your introduction you hosted a funny science fiction podcast, but go ahead. I do, but I, I skipped this <laughs> on purpose. But anyway, <laughs> no, so, so honest question. So the sharks are in a tornado. Sharks are in a. What don't you understand about Sharknado, Tim? I'm I'm, I'm getting there. What isn't clear about Sharknado? This is me building you a clock to ask to tell you the time. So, sharks are an aquatic creature that are now in a tornado. How do they stay alive outside of the water? Well, you know, I hang on. Good question, Tim. I know. I I, I, it's Sharknado technology, man. Well, so, it's like, first of all, that that can happen. I mean, you're just, it, what are you saying? Like, well, you, you've taken a, water, you've right? taken a no, fish the, out the of water tornado, and it just it, dies? It, it's like a water it's spout. Water. It sucks up water in the tornado. So there is there is ocean water in the tornado, okay. Tim. Okay, right. there, there's my answer. It's okay. not like, like, uh, a funnel, there, yeah. like a funnel, like a funnel. Like a funnel, exactly. Okay, so th- this clearly isn't being shot in like Kansas then. Well, this one isn't, but uh, number four yeah, in is. Lake number four Lake is actually Lake shot. Lake in Kansas. The, old <laughs> the fourth movie is in Kansas and it actually has more Wizard of Oz references than uh, you can shake a stick at. Let me, let me, let me tell you when you those of you who are, and it sounded like why well, you built the clock to tell me the time, Tim, is that you are trying to imply that the Sharknadoes aren't real. But in in essence, there are five documented instances of real life animal tornadoes, including a gator nader. So there's there's been a fish one where uh the fish nado uh where fish had been sucked up into a water spout of small fish and began to rain from the sky. There was a frog reported frog nado where it rained frogs, jellyfish, uh, that a, which is a toad nado. Uh no, I think a frog that I mean can someone mute Tim, who doesn't know the difference between frogs and, and toads, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> a jellyfish, a worm, and an alligator nado. And so, you know, those are all documented. Do You can uh, Google them later. I don't have time. We have to end the show. But um, I come prepared. I don't just say I like Sharknado and walk in. No, you got, uh, you got I, I don't. Facts. I don't walk in ready for you to build clocks to tell me the time and catch me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, like, iron zaring my review. I'm trying to take it as serious. <laughs> no, you're, you're playing it straight, just like the, the people in the movie. You're, you're right there. <laughs> so, all right. So, anyway, awesome. All right, that was good. Uh, let's see. Wait, yes, Gilbert Gottfried was, I believe, in four. He'd be like, "Oh, now there's there's uh, oil. I'm it's about an oil to get NATO. <laughs> Oh, the cow is in. It's getting excited. It's a cow NATO. Yeah, <laughs> that was his old role in the movie. I believe it was it was either three or four. Uh, okay. All right, that was Sharknado. That's a lot. You got a lot of homework from this episode. Nathan, for you, how to deal with John Wilson, the rehearsal, and Sharknado. Bonus homework is Sharknado 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. So anyway, I'm not going to keep you any longer. So go hop onto the couch, grab your remote, cross your own streams, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.